Welcome in to the Think Deeper Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Joe Wilkie, joined as always by uh, Jack Wilkie and Will Harib. And Will and I are actually together coming live from the cabin, uh, Cabin Coffee in Columbia, Tennessee. For those that are anywhere close by, uh, stop in. This may be something that we do more of in the future is to get together and to podcast from here. And so we'd love to to chat, love to see you. Obviously not during the podcast. Um, we'll chat after, but um, come stop in, get some great coffee uh, Brad might be here, so you might get a uh, spotting of Brad Harib. And um, yeah, so we're excited. But also, if you hear any beeps in the back, if you hear anything like that, then you'll know why uh, coffee, fresh coffee is being made. They grind it here. I, I won't uh, you know, do too much of a plug for Cabin. but It's it just is... too bad you can't smell the delicious coffee beans through, oh. the, through your podcast feed. It's, exactly. You'd be in for a treat there. It is amazing. And their pastries are just better than anything. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so, Jack. Yeah. Yep. Jack is stuck in uh, at, at his house being a lame but one of these days maybe. So we'll see. But anyway, um, for this week's episode, we want to take a slightly less controversial tone. Uh, we know some of the things that we've covered have been somewhat controversial, and, and we've enjoyed it, but we also are going to take a step back and just discuss something that I think is, um, that we all think is pretty important, and something that I think we've all come to in the last, uh, maybe, uh, Jack, you've been on this train for the last year or two doing really well, but it's the idea of exercise, the importance of exercise, the importance of, of basically healthiness, being healthy. And we wanted to intro by, by starting just with this idea um, of Gnosticism. And I've been teaching through First John uh, at Jackson Temple. We just started it. And of course, a, a key por- uh, part of First John is the Gnosticism. And, and that's the idea of like, Anything material, anything physical is bad. The physical body is is bad. We only focus on the spirit. There's no reason to focus on the physical as much. And in a weird roundabout way, that came to, well, the physical doesn't matter, so we could sit in whatever way we want. And that's for First John. But for the purpose of this episode, I think sometimes we can get into that of like, well, the spiritual is all that matters, spiritual health. The physical doesn't matter as much. And so, fellas, I'm going to kick it over to, to either one of you who wants to take it. What are your thoughts on that? What would you initially say to more of maybe a Gnostic principle here that this stuff doesn't really matter? Why are we talking about physical health? Well, I'll start by bringing up the fact that, once again, this is something that you don't typically hear a lot of sermons on. We're going to get into gluttony here. and just We covered gluttony briefly a few episodes ago with our Forgotten Commands episode. It was just brief. I think that was actually the episode we had a timer on it, so we only, I think, spent eight to ten minutes on it. So we're going to get into that in a second. But again, ask yourself, when is the last time you heard a, a sermon? When is the last time you heard a Bible class on gluttony? When is the last time you heard a sermon or Bible class on, on being healthy, on staying fit? It really is one of those topics that we feel like is kind of out of bounds. You know, you have those kind of out of bounds topics that, that you know, preachers and teachers kind of stay away from, and this is one of them. And I don't know, Joe, to your point about the this Gnostic view that maybe just doesn't matter as much as part of it. I think a bigger reason just simply might be because it's too personal for some people, right? You know, we belabored the point before that we're, you know, overly concerned with with offending people. And so, obviously, you know, Joe mentioned this is maybe not as controversial, but for some people it is because it is, it is on the very personal side of things. And so... Um, I'm going to, Joe, I know you just asked us a question. I'm going to ask another question to both you and Jack about 
is there maybe any other reason that, that y'all see this? So you got the Gnostic point of view that maybe is a reason we don't talk about this as much. You've got the, the side of the view that says maybe it's out of bounds, it's it's too personal, it, it's obviously maybe not a quote-unquote salvation issue, quote-unquote doctrinal issue. Any, any other reason why we don't really touch this with a 10-foot pole, usually from the pulpits or in Bible classes? It is uncomfortable because we're talking about the personal. We're talking about ourselves, our bodies, our, our presentation. And, you know, Joe mentioned that at the start, it's something I've gotten into. I mean, as a lifelong fat guy, honestly, uh, it's it's something that you just, you kind of realize I, sh- I should be healthier. And you look at, I mean, how racked with disease and, and issues and, and health issues. I mean, we've got a problem with it in our country. I mean, and you hear the statistics from time to time about the obesity rate and all that. But especially with kids, you know, generationally, it's something that's being passed on. and 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 I think we kind of know in the back of our minds the the fast food drive through culture not good for us microwavable frozen meals out of the box uh, you know all all the things that we eat and uh, then you get to the, the lifestyle the sedentary jobs you know everyone's got a desk job now or most people um, that it doesn't you you drive to work you sit down you get home you know you drive home you're you're just not moving that much. Um, and so we're going to get into some of the tips of, of things that we've found that can, can help us in that direction. And, uh, I, I say this not as an expert, you know, I'm, I'm not, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger or anything like that. He's pretty I'm close a, to an expert though. I will say, yeah, yeah, and I'm you're not, looking well, pretty close to Arnold too. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> you guys are funny. Um, <laughs> not, uh, not a marathon runner, not a, you know, any of those things, just somebody that's trying to do a little better and, and had a little success at it. But it's something the three of us have talked about a lot of, this is something we need to do. Um, we had our masculinity episode as men, you know, kind of how you present yourself, how you carry yourself. These things matter uh, in your health, but you're right, Will, in that it, it is uncomfortable. And so we, we stay away from it. It's very personal. It's very, um, it, it can be hurtful, uh, but sometimes it's, it's the kind of hurt that we need to hear, uh, the kind of hurt that maybe motivates us toward action. You know, when a doctor tells us, hey, you're really not in a good spot here, uh, that does hurt. But it it's good to us, good for us to to be hurt in a way that motivates us to do something differently. And so, um, in our culture that is is kind of never hurt anybody, never say anything that offends anybody at any time, we get away from that. And now you've got this body positivity movement, and people say healthy at any size. I'm sorry, that that's scientifically just wrong. It's so funny that we have our culture that you know is so science, science, science. We love science, we love science, and then they'll they'll put things out like that. No, it doesn't work right. that way. And so, yeah, it's it's a difficult subject, but it's one that uh, is important. Well, and I think, speaking of the culture, we, we have the culture where we don't want to offend anybody, but we also have a culture where, look, we we our self-esteem is tied into how skinny we are or, or how buff we are or whatever else. And so, on the one hand, we don't really do anything about it a lot of the time. And, and this is painting with a broad brush, but, you know, on the one hand, we don't want to do anything with it. On the other hand, we can't hear anything negative because our self-esteem is tied to it. And so if somebody says, hey, man, you know, what if you hit the gym with me? We get offended and we go, are you calling me fat? And it's like, look, we only get offended when it hits close to home and when we really start feeling like somebody's stepping on our toes. If, if you know, you said something that just had no meaning. I always tell my clients in discussing self-esteem, like <clears throat> if you if I think that I'm really smart and you call me stupid, it doesn't matter at all. If I think I'm overweight and you call me fat, it just ruins my whole 
worldview, right? And the reason why is because it confirms what I already believe myself, and that's why it hurts so much. And I think we have a lot of that in our culture is people feel this way about themselves, but you know, when somebody says it, it just confirms it. But we're also, we don't make time for this. And you spoke on this, Jack. You were, you were talking about the, the fast food and such. We live in a very convenient culture. And guess what's not convenient? Exercising, working out. Eating healthy. Um, eating general. healthy, exactly. Making your own meals, going to the store and, and buying healthy ingredients. Like, how much easier is it to swing through McDonald's on the way home? And this is coming from me. And, and I am certainly not the pinnacle of health. Let me, let me say this for our listeners. Jack, you've lost 50 pounds? 45 pounds? I haven't hit the 50 mark yet, but I'm, I'm not going to. I was going to say, he's right there. So for our listeners, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm just kind of messing around. No, Jack's been real serious. Um, he, he is our resident expert on this. One of Will's a pretty big workout junkie uh, himself, so I am the, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm the resident fat guy, I think, on this one. <laughs> so Jack's done really well. Um, Will and Jack both take care of their bodies quite a bit. They eat healthy. Uh, Will's doing a challenge right now, 70, 70 days? 75. 75 days straight of two 45-minute workouts a day. So these are things that we do take seriously. Um, I just got well, myself an exercise bike, and, and Alyssa and I are going down that path. And so we want this to be something that, no, we're not the experts on it, but we are moving in this area because we really think this is important. Well, and the other thing, too, is this is not an episode where we're just like, hey, this is our personal opinion, and we guys, and we think that you guys should all listen. We firmly believe there's biblical backing to this idea of being healthy, to this idea of, of taking care of our bodies. We're going to get into self-discipline. We're going to get into self-control. Um, you know, Again, this is not just something that, oh, it's a personal belief of ours or a hobby of ours and so we want to you know enforce it on everybody else we wouldn't be discussing it if that was the case we firmly believe that this is something that needs to be discussed once again from a biblical perspective um and so with that i do want to go ahead and get into this idea of gluttony and then i'll kick it back to one of you two again covered it briefly in the uh, forgotten commands episode which was a really good episode by the way if you have not listened i highly encourage or highly recommend you go back Two months ago, maybe now, maybe or maybe a little bit more, the, the Forgotten Commands of the Bible. Those guys are pretty good. Yeah. I listen to them every once in a while. What, wasn't, wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. Uh, but we co- we covered uh, fasting, gluttony, and some other ones. But anyway, um, gluttony is is, is mentioned uh, seven times in the Bible, at least in the from, from the English um, uses of the word glutton, gluttony, or gluttonous. Um, obviously, in the 6th century, Pope Gregory made it one of the seven deadly sins, but uh, that's something that we're not going to pay too close attention to when you're looking at it with the Bible, seven mentions of it, all seven of them are used in a negative light. There is never a positive use of the word of the concept of gluttony. Um, and in fact, five of them, this idea of gluttony is equated. And again, brought this up a couple episodes ago, but five of five of these instances, uh, Deuteronomy twice in Proverbs, once in Matthew and once in Luke, the idea of being a, of, of being a glutton or gluttony is actually equated with alcohol. Uh, that is, it says you're a drunkard and a glutton, or a wine-bibber and a glutton. So those two things are, are put together. Uh, and so I'll define it briefly, and then I want to kick it to you guys about kind of what that looks like in today's culture. Uh, but it's the idea, a glutton is, is the idea of somebody who eats and drinks in excess. Uh, the Hebrew word for it actually means to shake out or to squander, to, to waste your body. And so guys with our culture today, and as let me again kind of preface this, all three of us, Love to eat. Uh, that's one of my favorite just experiences. Go on a vacation, enjoy a real, several really nice meals. Uh, we go to Florida together every year, got the seafood, got the shrimp. Um, we enjoy eating. And so, guys, the question I want to ask you when we're talking about this idea of gluttonous, and if you have any other thoughts from from, um, 
from the Bible about what it has to say. Again, pretty much always using a negative light. But at what point, where's the line, in other words? When do you go from enjoying enjoying food, uh, you know, being a foodie, so to speak, enjoying going out to eat, when do you cross that line to being a glutton? Because that's one of the problems, again, that's one of the things we see in the church. Most people really enjoy eating, nothing wrong with that. But a lot of times it can you can cross the line over to gluttony. At what point, from a biblical perspective, does that happen? Jackal, we'll go to you first. I think one of the things we do is think of it like situationally. Like the you go to the buffet and you get five plates or, you know, Thanksgiving and you just you've loaded up and all that. It's kind of funny in that biblically, I think there's more precedent and more more support for like doing things like that, like a one time a Thanksgiving, you know, the feasts where they would have feasts and, and you just uh, it's a gift from God and you bring you know, just mounds of food and all that. Enjoy it together. Uh, and, and so we think, oh, you know, I was just maybe I committed gluttony that time. I think it's more of a lifestyle. It's more of a always getting a little bit more, always going back for the dessert, always, you know, something uh, talking about changing habits. One of the habits that I really had to get out of, especially before I got married, um, I, living alone, uh, didn't cook all that you know, very much at all. And so it was eating out a lot, restaurants, fast food. And and I realized after a while that I was in a habit that if I'm going to the bank, I'll, I'll just swing through and, and you know, get a, a small, a dollar burger. Oh, I, I went to the store. Oh, on the way back home, I'll grab a Coke from Walmart, from McDonald's, you know, and, and just kind of having this, I always need something, always need something, always need. And when I tried to change my habits, it was incredible how much of a, a mental, like how much my brain was wired toward that. I couldn't go anywhere without looking around. Okay, what can I pick up? What can I get? What can I get? And you realize how much you're controlled by food. How and, and I think that's one of the things. We'll we'll get into the self control thing a bit uh, later. Our days revolve around it in many ways. Right, right. And and if we're not planning it, it, it there's a lot of things in life that if if we're not consciously controlling it, it will control us. Uh, you know, we we think about that with our anger. We think about that with our words. We think about you know, different hobbies, and, and we had an issue or an episode on uh, pornography that we've we've done some stuff and on our Think Fasts on YouTube of, of things that, like, you got to be diligent to not get carried away by these natural desires you have in the same way with food. You know what? An Oreo is never not going to sound good. Uh, McDonald's fries, they're always going to sound good, but you realize this is bad for me. Yeah, I can have one every now and then. It'll be okay. Um... I don't need to go through a drive-thru every time I go to the store. I don't need to, you know, snack on something every time, every night after dinner, you know, before I go to bed. I don't need to keep something on my desk that I can, you know, just keep, uh, you know, shoveling some, some M&Ms in my mouth or whatever. And when you kind of start taking stock of everything that's around you, I think that's more of the idea of gluttony is being controlled by food. Just it constantly driving everything you do rather than... A one time, I just ate a lot today. And to your point of the one time, as Will pointed out, it's often connected with drunkenness, right? Or, or being a drunkard, really. And somebody gets drunk, and I'm not saying it's not wrong to get drunk one time, but at the same time, the idea of being a drunkard is somebody who consistently does that. So the idea of gluttony is somebody who is consistently indulging in food to the point of excess and to the point that that it's very much affecting their body. It's interesting that you pointed out, Will, but that Pope Gregory made it one of the seven deadly sins. It is deadly. Like, and we see this in America. If you look at some of the photos from back in the day and then some of the photos from now, the obesity in America has, has increased just 
to a ridiculous extent, but also, um, I don't know if it's, I think it's a change in the food. There's all sorts of things that, Jack, you've looked into this and some of the seed oils and things like that that I think are really bad and keep things in our body for a while. We'll, we'll talk about that stuff a little and, and we'll, later. I was going to say, we'll get into the, some of that stuff later, but um, I think as you look at the shift or the change in body size and such, we are trending in a very negative direction, and part of that is exactly what you're talking about, Jack. We we snack throughout the day, and we kind of make food a central point. And this is coming from me, and I very much, as a matter of fact, as we talk about this, I realize I may be dangerously close to this. Um, I have somebody who prioritizes food more than, more than I should. And so this is about consciously paying attention to what we're putting in our body, but also making sure that food is not an idol, that we are not eating to the point of excess all the time, or, or to the point where... It's everything. But I want to transition away. Do you guys have any other thoughts on, on gluttony? I, well, I uh, want to hit the Gnostic thing briefly. Sure. We, we mentioned it right at the top, but we haven't got into it much because I think that is a big objection that we kind of subconsciously carry. Well, this body doesn't matter that much. This life doesn't matter that much. You know, we Because of the Gnosticism, we Christians a lot of times have that view towards everything material and physical. Oh, it's all going to burn. It's all going to burn, and so it doesn't matter. We're going to get new bodies in heaven. And so, in fact, somebody even sent me a meme yesterday of, you know, like somebody going to do push-ups and then realizing they're going to get a new body at the resurrection. So they're like, ah, I don't need to, you know, and it's okay. I'm being funny. But you realize God said the body is very good. He gave us this, it, something to take care of. It's not a bad thing. And, and it's that Platonic dualism, the, the Gnosticism, the idea of the spirit inside of you is good. The body is, is bad. It's a shell you're just going to get rid of and you don't need. And that fake C.S. Lewis quote, he didn't say this, but a lot of people think he did, of you don't have a body, or, you know, what is it? You don't have a soul. You're a soul that has a body. No, you are body and soul. They, they are together. They go together. You're going to be a resurrected body and soul. And so these things are um, overlapping. These things are, are part of the same. And so um, putting all of this together, the Gnosticism just doesn't work. It doesn't. Uh, it, it doesn't accurately reflect where God is on the matter and, and, and the value he's placed in our bodies. And so viewing our nutrition, viewing our health, viewing the, the way we live from this viewpoint that says, I, I, my focus is not on that. And, and I think there's some that even, you know, some Christians kind of look down on people who put a lot of stock into fitness of, oh, they're just kind of worldly minded. No, that's not necessarily true. Is it possible to make an idol out of fitness and and be obsessive about it and and do it to the detriment of your your spiritual life, your family, whatever other obligations? Absolutely, absolutely. And and that's not what we're advocating at all. But that doesn't mean that anybody who does that at all is idolizing it. Right. And the other side of the coin um, from gluttony. Why do you think that so many places in the New Testament, even Jesus himself, emphasize fasting? You know, why, you know, certainly as we discussed before, something that doesn't really get practiced very much in the, in the church today, at least from a general perspective. Why do you think fasting is something that Jesus brings up in the Sermon on the Mount? Why do you think fasting is, is something that's usually accompanied by prayer? Is because we do spend so much of our time focused on where's our next meal going to be? Where's our next uh, enjoyment going to be? Our, our next self-indulgent, you know, dessert, coffee, cup of coffee, you know, I'm preaching the choir here, whatever it is. And so part of the, the, the point of fasting is getting to the, is the, the process of taking your mind off of 
fleshly things, that is food and, and, and the things that we can enjoy, and placing it instead on, on, on God and his word. Uh, again, the, the, the biblical concept of fasting being take that time that you would normally take to eat lunch, dinner, whatever, and spend it instead focusing on God. It's taking our mind off the earthly and placing it uh, on, on heavenly things. And so that's kind of the other side of the coin from gluttony uh, when talking about fasting, but I don't want to get too too much into that because um, we, we talked about that a couple episodes. But guys, do you think, because 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and Jackie briefly hit on this just a second ago, is more so obviously in context talking about sexual sins uh, when it's talking about the, your body's a temple. But how much does that play into this? The idea that, and again, Jack, you kind of just hit on it, the fact that 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 19 and 20 talks about the fact, paraphrasing here, that your body's a temple, it's the spirit of the Lord that dwells in you. How much does that play into this concept of taking care of our bodies, not just viewing it as something that, you know, we can do whatever we want to, it can be wasted away because the soul is really the only thing that matters. Does this verse play into it all or is that completely out of context? I think it does, yeah. Uh, it, that it, I mean, God himself has housed himself in the spirit in our physical body. That means the body has value. That means the body is not just some, you know, worthless thing uh, that, he, that he views as, as dirty, evil, ugly, whatever else. And so, uh, so many, I mean, you could get into a whole thing on the, the theology of the body and the sexual side of it, sure, the, the sure. fitness side of it. All, all of these things of taking care of ourselves. And I don't think people think that taking care of ourselves is a bad thing it's just one of those straw man things that you can come up with when you know kind of as a defense but you know paul in in first timothy 4 he said uh in the second half of verse 7 on the other hand discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness for bodily discipline is only of little profit but godliness is profitable for all things and it's easy to take that and see see focus on the spiritual not the physical he said that this is worth more than that right that the godliness is worth more than bodily fitness but he's granting that bodily fitness is worth something to make that right, point right he's not saying this good versus this bad he's saying it's good to have this but it's better you know make sure you're spiritual and so we want to keep that emphasis as well as your spiritual is your number one but this is good too and and in first corinthians 9 paul comes around and says i buffet my body and he uses those illustrations of you know the the olympians the runners the the fighters the the people that or those athletes that competed that are trying to achieve a goal. Right, right. right. The, and, and, you know, Paul leans on that as an illustration to say discipline. And, and all that goes into that is, is something admirable, something to uh, pursue in ourselves uh, in, in a spiritual sense, but also that there's good to that spirit or that physical discipline. And so um, I, I don't think it's one or the other. And I, that's certainly not what he's saying there in First Timothy 4, verse 7 and 8. Um, are you sure Paul didn't say, I, I buffet my body? Buffet my body. That's it. I really want now, that now to be it's the all case. Up. There we go. <laughs> Pretty sure that's Joe, it. Joe, right. you've been preaching that wrong for how many years? <laughs> I've been living that wrong for a long time. <laughs> but he says right here, I mean, I think in the, in the context, you know, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. That specifically goes into the gluttony. The next verse, food is for the stomach and the stomach is for food. But God will do away with both of them. Um... So yes, he's making the illustration. You're right. Well, it's in a, in the sexual immorality context, but at the same time, I will not be mastered by anything. We want to make sure that we're not mastered by food. That that that's what takes over our body because I do think that the body is important. Let me ask you this though: Is it subjective? Is this subjective? Um, and and I guess on the back end of this question, so I'll, I'll throw it to you guys and see what you think. On the back end of this question, is being overweight sinful? 
<laughs> I oh, think man. it reaches a point that it is, uh, and I, I would say that is somebody who's been there myself. Um, you know, especially and you guys have been around me long enough. You remember this? The first year after getting married, Allison and I we were eating out all the time. Both of us reached all-time highs by a lot, and it's taken a long time to get all of that off, and I'm you know, well past that now, thankfully, but yeah, I would, I would say there's just no control there. I mean, just no, no breaks, and, and the, the habits I was talking about earlier of always got to grab something, always wasting tons of money. Uh, my health was in, in a terrible state. It's really not great. That's what makes it wrong, though, Jack, is that violation of self-control. The, the concept of I have no... No control over my my food desires. You know, I'm gonna go through that drive-through. I'm gonna get that um, frappuccino. I'm gonna get that milkshake. I'm gonna get that fries. I'm gonna get seconds. I'm gonna get third. It, it's the idea of you completely have given up all self-control. And again, this this concept of self-control, self-discipline, is so crucial when we're having this discussion because when when it's used in um, the New Testament was used in, in, in biblical context. Obviously, it's, it's mentioned in Galatians 5 as, as one of the fruits of the Spirit. For the most part, referring to, to avoiding temptation and, and having self-discipline and self-control that way. But if, if gluttony is a sin, would not an, an area, an aspect of self-control being learning how to take control of your body, learning how to take control of the things that, hey, maybe I really want this milkshake. I'm going to choose not to. Uh, again, in our culture... We don't do that, right? We want it, we get it, uh, and we get it quickly. And so that that's what makes it so difficult is because on your drive home from work, you're probably passing, depending on where you live, I don't know, 10 to 12 fast food restaurants of, of all different varieties that have all different options. And so we've got the ease, we've got the convenience. It takes a lot of self-control in American culture to be healthy, to eat well. And so, Joe, to answer your question, to kind of echo Jack, is being overweight sinful? Obviously, the term overweight is what is the subjective part there. Um, what is overweight for some, or what, what some might consider overweight might not be what others consider overweight. I think the ultimate question that people need to be asking is, are you exercising self-control? Does it mean you can never have the the McDonald's apple pie, Joe, that I know that you love, um, or, or the uh, fried chicken or, or whatever? Of course not. You know, Again, we, en- we enjoy those things as well. But are you exercising self-control? Is it controlling you? Are you letting that get to the point where, again, I... To be honest here, I think most people know what overweight is for themselves. Um, I don't think that that's actually a, I just I know I just said it was subjective. I don't think it's as subjective as people think. I think people can look at themselves and say, "Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not where I want to be." And so, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say I think that's a key point. I think there's there is a conscience issue. I know when I have in my health journey, and I think I'm currently there. I know that I'm not where I need to be. Sure. And so can you tell me that for sure? Not necessarily. I, I think that's something that we come to. I think there's some that it's like obvious, but, you know, of, hey, maybe we need to, to work toward that area. But I think each of us has this internally to know, I'm just not happy with where I'm at. And if we take that Gnostic view of like, well, it just doesn't matter. It does because, look, in exercising, there's, we can also get in this later, but but there's a ton of health benefits to it. There's a lot of mental health benefits. There's a lot of... Um, I mean, it's it's just such a great thing, and we see multiple times in the Bible, like Paul talking about him, um, not not buffeting, but buffeting his body, right? Um, running races, obviously, run the race, the spiritual race, but even in that, I think you mentioned boxing. Like, there's these ideas of the working out, the the being in in shape. Um, so I think, yeah. Well, one other thing I want to bring up, and and Jack, you just brought up about how when you 
first got married is kind of described to you and y'all are past that now so this is not meant to don't take offense to this but this was always this was always something that just bothered me is you know i would see people that would get married uh you know that were in good shape you know fit uh, at least somewhat and then they'd get married and that would go in the tank you know it would just the their their face would balloon up and, and that would just pretty much go away um, and so that's something that I've always, and me and Rachel have talked about this, we've always tried to make a priority because the other part, 1 Corinthians 7, what, what does Paul tell us about our bodies? Belong to our spouse. Belong and to each other. Right, and obviously that's, that's in a sexual context. But one of the things that Rachel and I have always talked about is we want to be the best for our spouse. Um, and so whether, especially I think, if, again, talking about guys and, and being, being masculine and taking ownership of that, I think that's a question you need to ask yourself. Are you the best that you can be for your spouse? Or are you viewing it as, you know, I, I want I want my body to be the best that it can be for my spouse. Again, we, we have a very selfish, a very individualistic view. Well, it's my body. You know, my body, my choice is obviously the, the feminist side of things. But, you know, body positivity, I can do what I want. You know, you can't tell me this and that. Have you considered your spouse? Have you considered, and again, that doesn't give your spouse the, the license to, you know, implement strict diets or whatever and force you to do certain things but I, I think that's a mindset that we need to have are you giving your best to your spouse are you are you are you viewing it in terms of it's not just my body it's not just the temple though it's it's for it, it's for my spouse and so i think again it's more of a mindset thing but i think that's important to bring up what i'm getting out of this is first corinthians is basically paul saying don't be fat that's what it sounds like <laughs> um but not quite let me let me say this well real fast Look, I do understand, especially from a therapist's point of view, I do understand sometimes trauma is attached and overeating can be a way that, that we do it. doesn't make it right. Um, but there can be other things. There's hereditary. There's other things involved. So I, I'm hearing people, you know, yes, I, I realize we're recording this and nobody's saying this, but I'm, I'm hearing potential blowback from this saying, hey, there's other reasons why, and it's not always just self, or it's not always just self-control. It's not always the things that you guys are saying. And I get some of that, but at the end of the day, you either have control over this or you don't. And that's really what it comes down to is if it's a mental health thing, get yourself some some therapy, work through the trauma related to it or whatever it is. If it's a hereditary thing, you may have to overcome some of the family curses. Um, I think this is within everybody's, uh, basically everybody's area of, or their purview. Like this is within your own control is really what it comes down to. And so no matter what the reason is, we're looking to say and and look, I got my own reasons and back surgeries and such. At the end of the day, it's not really an excuse for me to not take control of the things that I can possibly uh, and, and positively control. There, there is that spectrum, right? When you're talking about, I mean, Will said, the, the sub, or you guys said the subjectivity of it. I think of it kind of like we had with the modesty when we talked about modesty of like, there's certain things you can look at and go, I know that's not it. You know, like I know this is not healthy. This is not okay. That you know, like this is too far. And then you know, there's there's and and so we're not saying anybody has to be movie star, Olympic athlete, you know, fit kind of thing. Uh, and and get you know, like you're keep working until you get there, and you got the six pack, and and you know, all that. Not that at all. Being in a reasonably, uh, you know, if you're carrying a couple extra pounds, in the same sense, you brought up, you know, with all the foods and stuff, special treats. The problem is the special treats turn into daily treats or multiple times a week thing, and and that's where it comes to. And so, yeah, that when those things are out of line, when when you are well past any range of good health, number one, it, it's your own health, and and it starts costing you your own health care, you know, medical things that are gonna come up. Uh, Will brought up your spouse. One other thing that I, I've learned in in all the reading and and stuff I've done over the last couple of years, 
blew my mind was the effect it has on your kids when you are getting pregnant and and your wife is carrying the kid that nutrition is passed on like things that will affect them for life and i feel really bad we were eating all that garbage when we had our our firstborn she had more health issues than the twins that we just had where we were eating a lot cleaner uh she came out you know with with the skin uh things that we had to work on and get healed up and just other things like that and i mean there's there's things that i mean long term will affect her into her adulthood uh, because of the the poor nutrition we gave her, I mean, um, deep nutrition by by Dr. Catherine Shanahan, mind blowing book. Uh, it's four hundred pages, pretty heavy. Uh, but it it covers a lot of that stuff, and so you're not just affecting yourself. Is the point I'm getting at? Will brought up your spouse. You're you're affecting your kids if you're having kids, uh, or if even if you know you're not carrying the kids if they've been born, but they're eating off of your table and what you're putting on the table, you're causing lifelong problems for them. Um, you know, and, and you look at like the childhood obesity rates I mentioned, that's horrible. And this is something the kids don't really have a choice in. And so you're teaching them bad habits and, and health things that they're going to have to deal with their entire lives. And so these are things that we can help ourselves do better and it will help the people around us, you know, do better at as well. And so there's a responsibility as in it as well. There's self-control and there's a, a taking responsibility for how we can help those around us, those in our family in the same way. And so uh, that's I think part that's of it as well. I think uh, that's key. Go ahead. I think the the modeling that you're talking about, modeling for our kids, is something I think about as well. Is you know, am I modeling an active working out and exercising and taking care of my body for my kids? They're young. They're going to grow up and they're going to see this. Like you said, Jack, the nutritional aspect passes on to them, obviously. But you know, just the mindset of what you see. I remember they said uh, Clint Eastwood. I think he's what ninety, and he works out every single day. And he said, and it was either him or Sylvester Stallone. I can't remember. Maybe both of them talked about they actually saw their mom work out every single day. I'm pretty sure it's Clint Eastwood. And so look how fit this guy is, even at 90, because he works out every single day. It's it's a... Man, you got to figure at age 90, I'm done, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Like, you talk about getting ready for the spiritual body. Like, yeah. But it was modeled for him to do it. And this matters. And, and showing or, or, or showing others that you can control yourself. So I'm going to get into a slightly controversial subject here. Um, all the slightly controversial, but I think that's another part of the responsibility thing as well. It, you don't know what your life is like. Your life is a vapor. You don't know if you'll be here tomorrow, but you have to live as though you're going to be here a while, as sure. if you're going to have right. grandkids. And you want to be capable of playing with the grandkids, helping with the grandkids, you know, like even your great grandkids. You know, he's in his 90s. He can probably pick up his great grandkids and play. And, and, and keeping that going as much as you can. But man, getting to the point where you know, after retirement age, your body is just giving out on you. That's not good. Like, that's not, if that can be avoided, if that's something that, that you have control over, and a lot of it, I think we do more than we think. So that's another part of that responsibility toward others in, in taking control of our health. But, well, at least, all right, yeah. do, do, the, do the Joe thing. That's uh, exactly it. It's, it's Go ahead. Joe time, yeah. Um, Joe time. We're, yeah, we're going to exactly. trademark that. Joe time, where I have stuff that ends up getting discussed on Facebook later and then I stay out of it while everybody else wades in and beats each other up. Um, that is, that's the move right there. That's exactly how it's done. Um, make me clean up the mess. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So here's the, or I'll slip in with my other account that nobody knows about. No, just kidding. Um, look, when we talk about modeling for other people, when we are, when we're talking about showing other people how it's done, I'm trying to think of how I want to say this. Just put it out there, Joe. Just just put it out there. There's a lot of overweight guys in the pulpit. Just going to say it that way. I realize I am 
probably one of them. I know I could definitely lose some some weight. Um, that again, COVID, back surgeries, things like that. Um, I definitely put on 25, 30 pounds during that time. That has not come up. COVID. A lot of people gained weight during COVID. So I'm not coming from my place on high and saying, hey, you know, everybody else needs to be like me. Uh, no, I need to, to, you know, work on myself. But I see a lot of overweight preachers. This is just an observation. I don't want to be a bad guy here, but I think these guys can back me up as well. That's a thing. It's a stereotype. It's a stereotype. Yeah. And it, stereotypes come from, they're, they're based in truth um, most of the time, if not all the time. And... So I think about this, especially for my congregation. And again, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Joe. Again, there's people right now going, man, that's just so out of bounds. Why are they saying that? That's that's off limits. We don't think it is. Again, right. this is something that needs to be discussed. Sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no, no. And I think that's important. Like, I'm not saying this just to, to be an absolute jerk, to take a baseball bat to people. My point is, so when you get up into the pulpit and are hoping to, or, or you're going to speak to your congregation about self-control or the sin of gluttony or how God very much wants us to um, buffet our bodies, whatever it may be. Like, if you're preaching on those passages, if you're preaching on self-control and how difficult it is um, or or how much God wants us to stay self-controlled, but you're living a lifestyle that's not, and that's very apparent based on, you know, what you look like in the pulpit. Look, this is something we have to think about. It's the same thing as if we said, hey, you guys need to be modest, and I'm up there in a, um, well, you know... In, in something, I don't want to give any mental pictures here, but in a wife beater <laughs> shirt. and yes, Please don't. <laughs> in a wife beater shirt and really short shorts, and I'm preaching from the pulpit, well, which first off, I'd be fired on the spot. But second off, it's the same principle of like, how am I going to preach on modesty if I'm not modeling for my congregation what that looks like? Well, to give another example, it's the guy who's been married three times that's preaching on, you know, marriage and, you know, trying to give marriage advice or the, the guy that is preaching on parenting and three of his four kids are not faithful you know it's not that he doesn't maybe have anything legitimate to say it's right. just that it's hard to take him seriously when you when you know his family life and you know the things he did with his kids and you're like okay you know you're the one that's telling me how to raise my kids or you're the one that's telling me how to have a good marriage it's it's the same type of thing with self-control being such an an integral part of being a christian with self-control being such an important part talking about avoiding temptation and things i don't see how people pre can preach on self-control and about how it being a fruit of the spirit Again, while at the same time not exhibiting self-control in their own lives with food, with exercise. And again, with, with ministers, with preachers, um, a lot of them are sitting in an office six to eight hours a day, which, by the way, is not good in the first place. I'm a firm believer you should probably be out in the community. You should be you know, doing some other things. Um, but you're sitting in an office for six to eight hours a day. Obviously, a lot of your, your meetings and things with, with, con with, the, with the congregation, maybe with some fellow ministers or whatever, revolve around lunch, revolve around meals. And so... I think a lot of that contributes to it. But again, one of the things that I want to bring up, and then Jack, I'll turn it over to you. We have to consider what kind of advertisement we are for the gospel. And on the surface, that might sound a little shallow. That might sound a little vain to say, oh, so you're saying you have to be to be fit to, to spread the gospel. It's not what I'm saying at all. But it's just a simple fact of reality, whether you like it or not, that people are, are respected more the, the healthier they appear if that makes sense. Um, and again, you might say, well, that's not fair. That's simply the way that life works is that better looking people get better jobs, you know, healthier looking people get listened to more. And so when we're talking about the advertisement that we are for the gospel, to tell people about how great Christ is, how amazing the gospel is, how great salvation is, all these things, we have to consider 
how are we advertising that? How are we portraying that? Jack, you have any thoughts on that or then maybe anything else? Yeah, I want to say that's not just a pragmatic thing. It's not just a, well, do this, you know, and, and people will respond better. It's, it's the other way around. It, it's something that starts and flows into that in that it, it's kind of your, what you're saying about, you know, the guys in the pulpit or whatever. It's, it's the proof. It's this, you know, shows it's the visual manifestation of the lifestyle of the beliefs of, of who you are and all that. And it's the same when you see, when we've talked about, I'm going to bring modesty up again, when you see a, a, just a cleanly dressed, modest family, you think, man, there's some value in that. There, uh, okay, so I'm not a, a, a million disagreements with the Mormons, but when you see a Mormon family with the husband, the wife, the kids, and they're all cleaned up, dressed modestly, just they look nice, you think, you know what, I don't agree with that religion, but on the other hand, there, there's clearly, there's a certain part of it they're getting right of just... That that comes out in that presentation, right? And so the same goes for uh, this kind of thing about your your health and your Christianity. If it produces a bunch of sloppy, overweight, you know, people who have no control over themselves, and that's the outward manifestation, that says something in itself. And so uh, taking care of ourselves, you know, being conscious about these things, being careful uh, to care for the body God gave us, is going to manifest itself in a certain way, and, and then it has those pragmatic effects that you were talking about, Will, of people might respect you more, people might listen to you more, people might be more open to you, and so and um, you it's may all part think of it as well. You may think we're jerks. I realize that. You may go, well, these are harsh, unfair stereotypes. Pretentious, sure. You yeah. guys are being pretentious, you're being X, Y, or Z, and, and you may be... Look, you may think that we're jerks for this. I get it. We're not attempting to be jerks. We're attempting to say, I think these things are important. I think there's a biblical precedent. We keep going back to this, but I just, I realize it's like, man, we're going to have some listeners who think that this is really coming from a mean, mean-spirited place, especially with the preachers thing. It's not intended to be. It's not intended to be a mean-spirited thing. It's intended to point out what I think we're trying to say what everybody's thinking, but nobody wants to say. Right. Let's I guess just, that's the best way. That's to the best it, way yeah. to say. It. We're trying to point out what everybody's thinking, but nobody wants to say. Everybody might think that somebody evangelizing that's incredibly overweight, that's not going to be as, in, in my opinion, that's not going to be as, I don't know. It, it's just, it's harder to take people seriously in some of these things. And so we're not, once again, this is not coming from a place of meanness. I have my own health struggles and things to work on, but we just wanted to, to push to that. So Jack, I want to now turn it over to you because you've done a lot of work. You've already mentioned the one book, um, which I believe that book that you mentioned um, from Shanahan, Dr. Shanahan. Deep Nutrition. Deep Nutrition. Yeah. I think that was like Kobe Bryant's favorite book. Uh, I, if I remember right, she was, you know, worked with the Lakers and got their health and everything in order. But I want to kick it over to you to discuss a few of these health, um, some of the things you've discovered, you've done a ton of research in this area and some things that, that might just be good for our listeners to hear uh, regarding nutrition. Okay, so we'll get to practical tips, things that have helped us in a bit, and we'll all share some on that. But on this, I think it's important to say we have to worry about this in ways that I'm not sure people ever have before due to what's in our food. It is not natural. It's not normal. And so it is, and you look, I, I, I did, you know, as I started reading on all this stuff, I was reading that, man, it's gotten worse in the last 20 years. And you can see the obesity charts in America, how things have changed and and climbed uphill rapidly since like 1990, really over the span of my life. And so I was like, okay, let, let's see about that. So I took one of my dad's yearbooks and uh, from the 70s, I was looking through it. The overweight kids in there were, would be 
about average now. There, there was not the, the kind of overweightness, you know, the, the obesity that you see today. There certainly wasn't the percentage of it that you see. It really has changed. And you look at old movies, you look at footage from the 50s, 60s. People didn't look like they do today. What we have today is incredibly unnatural. You have to realize that. And so you have to realize if, if you're signing up to fight this battle, that's what you're fighting against. You know, I, I hear about people, you know, like over in Europe, where they go and they eat breads and cheeses and, you know, rich food and all that and really don't gain the kind of weight you do over here. Well, we have just garbage in our food that you have to deal with uh, that, that is setting us back incredibly. And so one of the things, I'll, I'll just keep this short because I could go on for a while. I mean, like I said, that was a 400-plus page book I read. Uh, you know, everyone's aware that sugar is something you should be conscious of, and that's true. Uh, sugar is something she hits hard on. You know, limit your sugar. Cokes and Pepsis and, you know, things like that. Ice creams, uh, all the desserts, snacks, Reese's Cups, Snickers, whatever. Um, Basically all the really yeah, be good careful. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, the good stuff. Uh, I think most people are aware of that. Most people know, okay, man, if I drink a bunch of Cokes, that's not very good for me. Um, and one of the other things, as I mentioned, I used to go, like, pick up a large Coke every time I went to Walmart. When you start tapering that down... You get to the point where you can't get through a large Coke anymore because it's so sweet. It's so much. And so your your body adapts one way or the other. So be aware of that. But the real thing you got to watch out for is these, Joe mentioned them earlier, seed oils, vegetable oils, canola oil, sunflower oil, soybean oil. I'm not kidding you. If, if you're listening to this, I'm just going to give you a challenge. It's a one-time thing. The next time you go to the grocery store or you do your, your online pickup thing, look at the ingredients of everything you're going to buy. And if it's not a natural, fresh, one-ingredient thing, if you're going to buy bananas, it's bananas. If you're going to buy beef, it's beef. But if it's something out of a box, if it's a frozen pizza, if it's cereal, if it's, uh, you know, macaroni, any of those things, look at them. Uh, ranch dressing, anything. All of them have these things in them. Soybean oil, canola oil, sunflower oil, one of those oils. And so look, just look next time. It's in everything. You go to fast food, you know, McDonald's, look at everything. They fry their stuff in this stuff. In fact, there was a guy in around 1990 when, I don't think it's a coincidence that the numbers skyrocketed, there was a guy who had a heart attack and said, all right, we got to get these saturated fats out of everything. <clears throat> Let's get McDonald's and all the other corporations to drop lard and tallow and, and natural oil, butter, things like that, and move toward these oils. Uh, because they're, they're heart healthier. And people still think they are. People still eat margarine instead of butter thinking they're making a healthy choice. It's literally the worst thing. I mean, this stuff is poison. This stuff is awful, awful, awful. Again, all the research is out there. Just Google seed oils, harmful. And um, it's the polyunsaturated fats to get into the technical side of it. I'm not going to go down that line so much, but it's really bad for you. Number one is the first thing you have to realize. Number two, it's in everything that you eat or buy. Everything. You can't... Uh, like, if, if unless you are, again, buying single ingredients and preparing things yourselves, you essentially can't avoid this stuff. And so the challenge that you're facing, you have to realize, if I, man, if maybe you're listening and go, I want to lose weight, I want to do better about this. You're going to have to be very aware of the foods you're putting into your body because this stuff is just so unnatural. And she uh, documents so well in that book all of the studies that show the way it breaks down your body, the way it messes up your heart health, the way... Uh, I mean, there's a million bad things, and the way it packs the pounds on in ways, again, that we haven't seen prior to today in history that we're, we're fighting against. And so this is such an uphill battle that we're fighting. And again, just do that experiment. Next time you eat out, next time you go to the grocery store, 
Just look. See how many things. It's unavoidable, almost, if you buy anything that's already prepackaged and aren't cooking all your own food. And so we have to be really careful with this stuff because the uphill battle that it's creating. And so that's that side of it. Uh, was there anything you guys wanted to add on, on just kind of awareness before we get into some tips? No, and Jack, I'll, I, I'd like you, if you don't mind, since you've already got the mic, to go ahead and kind of get us. And this is this is how we're going to wrap the episode with just kind of some basic tips and practical. Um, and so, yeah, why don't you just go ahead and get into that, and then me and Joe can, can share ours. All right. So under the idea of control, this, you have to keep it within your control. And the thing that's helped me the most, uh, the math is undefeated of calories in, calories out. So you need to get a, a good calculator. You Google TDEE, total daily energy expenditure, TDEE calculator, and you'll put in your age, your height, your weight, your general activity level, and it'll tell you you're roughly burning this many calories a day. And you look at that and go, okay, I need to eat three to 500 calories fewer than that a day. So you get an app and everything you eat, I'm, I'm not kidding, everything, you don't graze on something, throw a handful of cereal in your mouth or crackers or whatever, you know, sneak something off the kids. And uh, I'm, uh, you have to be meticulous about this because you're measuring it. You're controlling the inputs. Um, and so I, I get a food scale and it, it looks kind of ridiculous that, you know, at dinner, I'm like, okay, that's a four pound, four ounce potato. All right. And I'm uh, eating five, you know, five ounces of chicken with my dinner here. Okay. And so I know how much that is. That's this many calories, this much protein, this much carbs. Um, and then you know what you're putting into your body in a day. And that way you can say I'm under how much I, I put out. And so that's the eating side of it. And again, eat, avoiding those bad things I just talked about as much as is possible, limiting yourself to the treats every now and then, not daily, you know, one at a time. Because the other thing is when you're counting, we used to think, okay, I'll eat good during the week. And then, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, I'll loosen up a little bit. And then I started calorie counting and realized in two bad meals on the weekend, I can undo a five days worth of good eating. You know, I can, I can. So it was basically offsetting your many, previous week of work. Yeah, I can take out this many calories by eating, you know, uh, carefully during the week. And then, you know, okay, Nashville hot chicken. We, we love this stuff. You guys know, I, I love this stuff to death. You go to Hattie B's once and that was, that was depressing. The first time I calorie counted there and was trying to kind of get an estimate. It was like, okay, if I'm on a diet of 2000 calories a day, I can eat this meal, this three chicken tender meal and I'm done. That's it. Like, I can't eat again today, you know, and so sometimes you plan a day in which you're, you're okay to go over and, and it's in your control again, once again. Then the other side is exercise and whatever exercise you choose to do. I'm, I think weightlifting is very important, especially for men. We've talked about the testosterone thing. It's something that helps with that. Building muscle is good. It's good for your confidence. Uh, there, there's a lot of mental health, a lot of benefits there. Um, but cardio as well, whether it's treadmill, elliptical, running, there, there's a bike, a million things you can do. Um, more than that, and adding a good workout routine is very good. Get a step counter on your phone. See how many steps you take in a day. Start by aiming, or Apple Watch. These guys are Apple Watch guys. They're always making fun of me how much tech they have and I don't. Um, seven, shoot for 7,000 a day. And what you'll realize is, especially if you're like me, you have a desk job, you're a preacher, you know, one of us that you're behind the desk a lot of the day. Some days you walk two, 3,000 steps. That's nothing. You're barely doing anything. Uh, 10,000 should be your, your ultimate goal, but start by going for seven. Um, 
it's going to make you get up and move. And the more you move, the more your body is, is burning, the more it's digesting, the, the better for you in general. And so those would be the tips that I would give is count what you're eating. Have a, a sense of how much you need and how much you're uh, putting in. And then get activity. Get your body moving. Get Get those steps in. Get your exercise in. My steps would be, or or my, um, yeah, I'm not as technical as you, which is probably why I'm not as healthy as you. <laughs> my thought was just, look, get something that you like doing, um, exercise wise. It's it's kind of the, you'll do what you like to do. So if you really like riding a bike, and we did, we went out and we got an exercise bike, and um, I ride that thing most days. Try to get on there every day, but most days. Um, I really enjoy doing it. Yeah, I need to, to lift weights, and I got a set of weights as well and do that from time to time, but you'll do the thing that you like doing, and it was too difficult to get up, and this sounds ridiculous, it was too difficult to get up and go to the gym. The gym that I have is 20 minutes away, so by the time I get there and get set up on the exercise equipment that's and, and get home and shower, that's an extra hour into my day right? that I really didn't have, and so we bought an exercise bike, we splurged, I gave up the gym, and so I've been doing that quite a bit and it helps it's i i breathe you know very heavily sweat like crazy find what works for you is, is basically what you're going for bingo yeah. thank you that's that i'll leave it at that because i that's perfect find what works for you and stick to it as far as the food goes i think you have to realize and i've done a lot of this on my own realize what food represents to you and then figure out how to work around that so food for me represents it it did represent freedom it represented fun. Um, it represented a lot more than just what I put in my body. I had a hockey coach that he honestly didn't care what he ate. The guy was real thin because food didn't taste that good to him. And it wasn't like a, hey, we're all going to go out and have something. He's like, no, no, it's fine. And so he was real thin. Well, yeah, that's really easy when food only represents sustenance for you. If it represents something more and you realize that you run to food for things like emotional needs other than just sustenance, then you may need to work through some of those things. So I would say be very cognizant of that. Jack, you spoke to the fast food. I'm the world's worst at that because it's easy and a lot of times in my busy schedule, I need easy. Well, to the best of your ability, try to prep as much as you can, maybe on a Sunday night. You know, make food, put it away so you can heat it up during the week, uh, whatever it is. And here's the other thing that I would say. This is the last thing and I'll kick to you, Will. I look at something like a paleo, and I realize this is, everybody's got a different idea, but a, the idea of a paleo appeals to me, paleo diet, because you're just cooking your own stuff. If you're cooking it at home with fresh ingredients that don't have a lot of the, the seed oils, don't have a lot of the crazy amounts of sugar, um, if you're cooking it at home, you're probably going to be way healthier than the next guy. Doesn't mean you can't splurge from time to time, doesn't mean you can't have the ice cream sundae from time to time. But are you prepping your food at home and is it something that you, you could find at like a Sprouts or something like that where it's not packed, jam-packed full? Is it grown from the ground? Is it is it, you know, meats that, that don't have a ton of things pushed into them? Um, things like that, I think, really help. And so it's fairly basic, but are you cooking it yourself and are you doing exercise that you like consistently? And if you did those two things, I think it would, and I'm finding it myself, those two things would drastically improve your health. I'm going to give a kind of generic one and then get to a few more practical ones. I have a few. Um, the first thing is, I'll hit it one more time. We've talked about it. You're going to have to, if, if this is something that you're still viewing as not that important or just kind of a secondary, you know, just something that's not really worth it, 
nothing's ever going to change. So the first thing that I would say is you do have to view this as a worthy goal to attain. Uh, you have to view this as something that is worth striving after, otherwise it's never going to happen. But as far as the, the practical things, one of the first things that I would say is if, if you do decide that this is something you want to pursue, you cannot go into it with a half-hearted commitment. By that I mean you can't have the mindset, oh well, you know, I'll give it a try. It was the um, Star Wars famous quote from Yoda, right? He says, do or do not, there is no try. When it comes to being, when it comes to being healthy, when it comes to, to being uh, in, in better shape, I've seen it time and time again, the people that have that mindset of, well, I'll just give it a try and see how it goes. It doesn't last. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't uh, go into a lifestyle for them. It's just something that lasts for a few weeks. So you can't have a half-hearted commitment. The other thing that I would say as far as practical is, uh, well, two things, is pick one when it comes to your food or your diet. Pick one, we'll call it vice. And try to give it up for three months. And when I say vice, uh, I'm not talking alcohol. Uh, obviously, hopefully give that up if that's something you, you're doing. But I, when I'm, I'm talking about um, Cokes, I'm talking about um, maybe your your guilty vice is a dessert after every meal, maybe whatever it is. For instance, for, for me and my wife, our vice was Cokes. And we have not touched one since January 4th. We're going on month number 10 or month nine now, I guess, coming up in, in September. And so it's one thing, you don't have to cut every single thing out, but it, it, it's one of those those ideas of, hey, you got to start somewhere. And like Jack said, it's it's that concept of when you give it up and then you go back and, and try it again, it doesn't taste as good because you you haven't been so accustomed to the taste and on that heavy ex excess of sugar. But figure out what it is for you that is just that, that one vice and try to give it up for three months and see how it goes. Again, I still drink coffee. I, I, I love sweet tea as a part of this challenge thing. I've also tried to give up sweet tea, but pick one, try to give that up. And then the last thing I'll say, we've talked before, I think it was actually last episode or two episodes ago, about how much time we have during the week. How many hours? 168 hours. Um, roughly, most people have 70 hours after you take out sleeping and working. Roughly 70 hours of what they can do with their own time. If you can't find time, 30 minutes a day to exercise, that's a problem. It means you're not prioritizing it. Commit to exercising at least 30 minutes per day. Whether that's and, and that's that's that should be the minimum. Whether that's weightlifting, whether that is uh, going for a run, whether that's riding a bike, as Joe said, jumping rope, whatever it is, 30 minutes a day is not much time at all. And so you do you have to prioritize it over Netflix, and I enjoy Netflix as much as the next person. Uh, you have to prioritize it over scrolling Facebook. You have to prioritize it over TikTok scrolling. You have to prioritize it over whatever. Don't prioritize it over time with your family. Don't prioritize it over, obviously, time with your church family, getting into God's word, any of that. But as far as the other stuff, the Netflix, again, the, the social media, you have to prioritize it over that. And so those are the things that I would say, um, again, 30 minutes a day, that's not that much time at all. Um, so, guys, do y'all have anything else that's kind of the, the broad range there of practical advice and tips that we'd have? And, again, if you don't have the mindset of, well, this is – or if you have the mindset of this is something that's not really worth it, then it's it's never going to happen for you. you. You have to view it as something that's a worthy goal to attain. And this may be out on a limb and, and, and maybe doesn't work at all, but I was just having this thought of, like, maybe we should live our lives that – if our spiritual bodies didn't change at all from our earthly bodies, other than they were made spiritual and, and no eternal, aches and pains, right. but our eternal bodies, right? If they took the same body shape and the same body, you know, body composition and everything, which I'm not saying is the case. Now we're getting into more of the, you know, kind of what takes place after, and we don't know. But if that was the case, would you be comfortable with the body that you're going to take into heaven? And 
you know, if, if you live your entire life and just pursue the pinnacle of health in every way, a spiritual health, an emotional health, um, you know, a mental health, and, and obviously a physical health, I think we will be incredibly, we'll be much happier people, we'll be more self-controlled people. Um, but hey, if we end up taking this body into eternity, we can also be happy with that. So can we say, again, without a shadow of a doubt that you are going to hell if you are currently, or no, we're not saying that. We're saying, though, this is a very serious issue. We do think there's biblical grounds for this, uh, you know, for this discussion. But we're also, it, not even from the biblical, it also just makes sense. We're trying to be healthy people. We're trying to be healthy in all of these areas. And so we want you as our listeners to join us. This is something I'm, Jack and Will have very much been working on. I'm slowly getting there and starting to work more toward this. And so I really, you know, this has given me some things to think about of what I want to implement. But we challenge you to implement at least one or two of these these pieces of advice and see what changes see how you feel let us know if you want to if you hate this episode obviously you can let us know but um you know we hope we hope not just let joe know if yeah, that's all right exactly yeah. and then i will I wanna... ignore you so you mentioned paleo because uh, people might be questioning what should i do paleo keto intermittent fasting there, there's so many different methods and diets and things out there as you said do what works for you uh, do do what you can do. Uh, there there might be keto. There might be something that you like. That I like that. Okay, do that. Uh, more than anything, why all of those work is the calorie limitation. Uh, and you don't want to just fill your day up with junk calories. You want to make sure it's good, healthy, natural stuff, vegetables, fruits, meats. You know, regular stuff. But it, it works because of the limitation. So do that. The other thing is, it really is. Uh, you're going to hit walls. You're going to struggle, you know, at times in this. There, There's certain things that you're going to do that weight's going to fall off right away. Other times it's going to take a while. And it's very easy to get discouraged and quit. Because I think that's one thing I've done a bunch of that I can speak to, but I think a lot of people do a lot of, is lose a little bit of weight. And, and you kind of have that goal, I want to lose weight. So you lose 10 or 20 pounds and think, all right, I'm doing great. But it slowly creeps back up. Or you just can't get past that 10 or 20. It takes the mindset that says, I'm going to be a healthy person. However long this takes, it's not about losing weight and, and hitting a point and saying, all right, cool, I'm, I, I did it. I'm going to be a healthy person from now on. And, and I'm going to control the treats that I allow myself. I'm going to control, have all of this in my control so it's not controlling me, as, as we've talked about all along. And so I want to encourage people, just make that determination. Check out the book Atomic Habits uh, for those that are interested. I've, <laughs> yeah. Got it sitting right there here. There you go, Atomic Habits. It's, it's so good because that's very much his point that it speaks to is you want to be a healthy, you view yourself as a healthy person. Not I want to be healthy, but no, I'm a healthy person, therefore I will make these decisions. It changes the way you view this. So Jack, that's a great Just point. like I'm a Christian, so I will do these things. I right. will have these behaviors. I, I, will, I will not say these things. It, the, the framework of the way that you view yourself should affect the, the decisions that you make and the, the activities you participate in. If you're a Christian... I haven't read the book. It's on my list. But, Joe, I'm assuming that's kind of the same thing yeah. you're going for there. With, I'm being I'm – I'm a healthy person, so therefore I will work out. I will do this. I will do that. Power of Habits great too, but Atomic Habits very much hits that point home, and it really begins to help uh, starting at Habits on the Atomic level. So if you're struggling and you say, man, where do I even begin with this? I'd say read the book and start with something small. He tells a story, I think it's in the book, of a, uh, you know, a guy who ended up losing a ton of weight, and all he did is he put his exercise shoes on the morning. And started, and then he took them off. Then he put them on, and then took them off. And he got in the habit of doing that. Then he got in the habit of getting in his car and going to the gym. Didn't even go in, but he went to the gym, right? And then he got in the habit of just going in and standing around for five minutes. 
and he slowly worked his way in, starting from an atomic level, so to speak, you know, a very small habit to, I think the guy lost like 200 pounds. I mean, it was just unbelievable. It was a ton of weight. But it all started from him just putting his exercise shoes on in the morning. He got in the habit of doing it. Then he got in the habit of, man, if I'm in the gym, if I'm standing here for five minutes, I might as well just pick up a few weights. Next thing you know, the guy's a workout junkie and he lost a ton of weight. So start small. Uh, again, pick something that works, but start small. There are ways to do this. It's just, will you hit it hard? It has to matter to you enough that you're willing to put some things aside that do matter more. If food matters more than health, then guess what's not going to happen, right? And that's that's something that I, we've all worked to overcome, something I'm currently working to overcome, that it has to matter so much to you. And so that's what this podcast is about, fellas. I think we're, we're ready to wrap up. Any other last thoughts, questions, or comments as we look to wrap up here? All right. Uh, that'll, yeah, that'll wrap us up for this episode. And please let us know your thoughts, comments, things like that. If you start a health journey uh, of your own, let us know. I mean, we'd love to, to hear about it. We'd love to know what you're doing, how it's working, how it's affecting you. We realize if you don't, that's okay. But, um, you know, okay, if you're, it's not due to this podcast per se. But if you do and you're listening to this and you enjoy it, please let us know on social media. Um, we, we are reading those. We do see those. And um, so we appreciate the time and um, we will catch you next time. Thank you.